Morning. How's everybody doing? All right. Hey, it's good to see uh, Pastor Arch back and Carolyn back with us. Arch, how was your trip? Good. Good trip. What's that? Very productive spiritually. Excellent. Excellent. Folks, if you are not going tonight, um, speak to Liz. Liz Waverhan up high. There's Liz. Uh, Liz and Lou are going to be hosting a little uh, time together tonight with Pastor Arch and Carolyn. And they're going to be sharing about their uh, Arch's most recent trip and a little bit more about Be World. So be sure to talk with Liz if you'd like to attend that tonight uh, at 630. I believe dessert is provided. Well, we've got something being passed out here. We've got our uh, handout, and uh, I know your eyes are going to be drawn to something immediately on that handout. So without further ado, I'm just going to put it up on the slide. Let's take a look at this thing here. Everybody's going to be looking at it. All right, there it is. You know what this is? These are the results of our test last Sunday. Um, every, how, how many of you took the test last Sunday? Raise your hand. Almost uh, all of you here. Some of you missed it. If you missed it, that's okay. We have extra copies. All you need to do is contact the church office. Contact me. We're going to mail out, mail one out to you. Get you an opportunity to take a spiritual gifts test. And so what I want to do today is to go over this. Now, uh, keep in mind, uh, for those of you that, that may not know, uh, on, a, on a Sunday such as this, in light of our annual business meeting, um, we try to have a slightly abbreviated service so that we can uh, not keep you here till about 2 p.m., but rather till about 1230 or so. Um, so today's message is going to be more abbreviated and, and very, very practical. And then next week, we're going to get right back into Romans. So I'm very much looking forward to that next week. But today, I want to get real practical and down to earth about what this means for us as a church and also how precisely. I mean, this is the big question of the hour today. How can I precisely use my spiritual gift starting today? That's what we want to talk about here this morning. So I'm going to, I want to pray right now and just ask God to bless our time, that he would give us a spirit of just practical wisdom and understanding of how to use our gifts. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I ask that your spirit would be upon this time together. God, we've come through a long series now in spiritual gifts. And Lord, I know that you want all of us, every man, woman, and child who has believed on your Son, you want all of us to know how you've gifted us and to know how to use that gift for your glory. God, today, I pray that that would happen. That we would leave here today knowing precisely some options, some avenues, some paths that we can take in using the spiritual gift or gifts that you have given to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we have it. This is the breakdown of spiritual gifts at Coast Bible Church. Now, you might be wondering, what, is this, what does this entail? Well, each one of you who took the gift assessment last week, you, noted your, you, you wrote down in a yellow sheet of paper your top three gifts. Maybe, you know, discernment, wisdom, teaching, whatever they were. You wrote down your top three. And what we did is Colleen went back and kind of cataloged all those in our system, uh, our, our kind of our church database. 
and I was able to uh, print off kind of this kind of a chart which demonstrates the kind of gifting that we see at Coast. Now, this, these numbers, these percentages rather, represent uh, the total number of people who said they have that gift or may have that gift within their top three. And so now that's kind of a wide range there. We're not suggesting that everyone has three spiritual gifts, but we are suggesting that within the top three gifts listed, these were the kinds of percentages that came out for Coast Bible Church. Now, some of the gifts uh, aren't listed up here, and it's only because um, there was there were uh, zero people who had indicated that they have that gift. Uh, the other one there, knowledge, even though it says zero, there's actually a couple people there um, because this spans about 210 entries or so. About 70 people took the gift times three gifts. So this spans about 210 entries of our spiritual gifts. So uh, 10% would be, you know, about 21 people. If you see a 20% up there, that'd be about 42 people and so on within the church. Now. A few things. What does this mean for Coast Bible Church? Well, you'll notice some patterns, right? You'll notice some patterns. I mean, number one, uh, the greatest uh, gift that we appear to have at Coast is discernment or discernment of spirits. And, and that doesn't surprise me because as a teaching church, as a church that's had its focus on the Word of God for, for, from its inception, we have a church that is always very uh, critically thinking, always evaluating God's word, always very careful to know between good and, 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 and evil, between right and between wrong. It doesn't surprise me at all that that is one of the predominant gifts at Coast. We have the gift of faith. I love to see that because that shows that our, the spirit of our church is growing dependent more and more. We've been, I've been saying this for a few years now. More prayer, more dependence, asking God for more. And I think we're seeing that reflected in the life of our people who have been gifted in this way. We see the gift of service and mercy, which kind of often go hand in hand as a, as a good chunk of our church. We see the gift of wisdom as well, which also sometimes goes with discernment. Um, giving. Seven percent of our people are inclined to give, not just financially, but also of their time, of their resources. Exhortation. Oh, let me get to let's go. Let's go to knowledge. Uh, again, only a couple people here uh, was the gift of knowledge. And that has to do with critical insights about God's word or, or uh, an ability to have knowledge from the Lord given to you that that you would not otherwise have, that the Lord has especially given you uh, a, a perceptive spirit, if you will, but also the right words for the right time. And uh, so we have a few with that, but not many. And then I wanted to uh, go, go to the gift of exhortation here, the gift of exhortation. A few of us have it. This is that boldness. Not only encouraging, but that boldness to speak words of edification to the body. And we don't have many of those in the life of this church. So those are the gift of exhortation. I encourage you to really rise up because we need, we need what you can offer the church. And I've left the last four in that top right corner. Uh, leadership, pastor, shepherd, evangelism, and teaching. If you'll notice, that composes about 20% of the church. And uh, those are the kinds of gifts that the book of Ephesians uh, in, indicates in uh, chapter four. The book of Ephesians indicates it's these kinds of gifts which are um, 
the gifts that equip the rest of the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so it isn't surprising that there should only be a portion of those who are leaders so that the rest of the church can be equipped and instructed and, and taught to go out and to do the work of the ministry. And so about one out of five of us is kind of has that equipping ability within us that God has gifted us, both men and women. Um, and, and of course, we we need to be using that for God's glory. Those teachers, we only we have a lot in, in leaders as well. Nine percent evangelism and pastor shepherd is low. And so like the gift of exhortation, those of you with this gift, I want to implore you today. I, I beg of you. Um, the exercise of your gift is critical to the life of this church. We especially need you to rise up and to exercise that gift. So I'm going to leave this up here for now as we go through this uh, today. We're, we're not going to go heavy on, on slides, but I want to focus first our attention on the book of James. Turn, if you would, to James chapter 2. James, excuse me, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. James chapter 1. Beginning in verse 22. James 1, verse 22, reads this. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one, this one will be blessed in what he does. One, probably one of your favorite passages and one of mine is this one in James chapter 1. Be doers of the word. And he get, go, James goes on to give an illustration here. He says, look, if, if you're just a hearer of the word, if, if all you do is come to church and you hear the word, you're like a person who's looking in a mirror, who sees your reflection and who walks away and immediately forgets what you saw, immediately forgets what you learned, immediately forgets what you heard. By contrast, those who are doers of the word are those who do not forget what they see in the mirror, who do not forget what they hear with their ears, who do not forget what they have learned. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. On your outline, I want you to just write in these simple words. With knowledge comes responsibility. With knowledge comes responsibility. Friends, this is our fourth Sunday in spiritual gifts. Our last one. Our last Sunday on the topic of spiritual gifts. And you and I have been given a measure of knowledge. Uh, some of us have known about spiritual gifts, but we've gone deeper into this subject. We've been given a greater measure of knowledge. Others of you, I can't tell you how many people have, uh, who, who told me, Neil, I've never, I had never study this issue or I had never taken a spiritual gifts assessment. Um, wonderful. You know, you've been given new knowledge from the Lord, from God's word. You have been given. You, you've been. There's been a mirror 
And you've been looking at that mirror and it's been showing you and teaching you all of the things about the topic of spiritual gift. And now, now, you and I have a responsibility. We can look at that mirror of teaching, of training, of understanding, of knowledge. And we can walk away from it and forget about it. Or we can focus on that mirror and stay focused on the Word and stay focused on the gift that God has given to us and be a doer of it. 1 Corinthians 12.18 reads on your, on your sheet there, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. I want to reiterate time and again that God has given you a spiritual gift, maybe, maybe two or three, and He has given it to you for an express purpose, for an express reason. He wants, you to, he wants you to know what it is and He wants you to use it. And if you just know what it is and you don't use it, you're walking away just to hear of the Word. But if you know what it is and you do it, not only will you be blessed, but the body of Christ will be blessed as well. And so I want to implore us this morning, and I want to go through it practically this morning, how can I use my gift? On the back side of your outline, you've got the gifts listed that each of you had marked and indicated you were one of those gifts. Right now, I just want you to circle the one or two or three gifts that you had checked on Sunday. Go ahead and circle them if you remember which ones they are. Circle the, the, the spiritual gifts that you can recall from that, that assessment, the gifts that you have. And then if you are married, I want you to put a little S next to the gift that your spouse has. Put a little S next to it if uh, your spouse uh, is with you and you can uh, identify their gift. Go ahead and put a little S by it. And the reason why I want you to circle yours and put an S by your spouse is because I want you to keep each other accountable to this. I'm going to give you some very practical things this morning of what you can do with each gift and I want you to hold each other accountable. And if you're not married, I want you to find someone else who can hold you accountable. I want you to at least by the end of this day, dedicate, choose one or two things that you will do to exercise your spiritual gift. Are you ready? You ready? All right, here we go. First, teaching. Teaching. If you have the gift of teaching, what can you do? This is a hard one. I mean, I, I, I put a lot of thought into this. I was going back and I was studying all, you know. And the best thing that you can do if you have the gift of teaching is this. Teach. First of all, I, I want to remind you as teachers, um, be careful. Be diligent. James 3.1, those who teach will incur a stricter judgment. Realize those men and women, you with the gift of teaching, be so careful. Be so careful. Know that you represent God. And that is no small responsibility. Do not take the gift of teaching lightly. Do not take it for granted. Um, I, could, I, I can tell you, um, especially in the early years as a, as a new pastor, after taking over for Pastor Arch, I remember those first few years, the thing I was concerned about most was accuracy in teaching. I was consumed with it. I said, Lord, please let me be teaching Correctly, And that needs to be the desire of our hearts throughout our entire life of teaching. If you have a gift of teaching, be careful with it. Be diligent in your study. And now here's some of the things that you can do. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to consider marking out two or three things that you will commit to learning that is new this year. 
Something new in the Bible that you don't know about. Maybe you don't know about prophecy or end times. You need to commit, as a, as a person with a gift of teaching, commit to learning about that. Maybe you don't know much about a certain Bible book, the book of Jeremiah, the book of Ezekiel, maybe uh, the, 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 um, the, the book of Genesis. Commit. Pick two or three areas of study that you will go deeper in intentionally this year. Of course, also, we want you to teach, whether it's kids, youth, young adults, adults, seniors, You need to be teaching. Those of you with the gift of teaching, qualified to teach, you need to be teaching. I know that Monica could use you in teaching children's church. Right, Monica? I know that Amy could use you in Awana. I know that Doug and Will and Corey could use you in the youth group. I know that we could use you in in special Sunday seminars in small groups, men's and women's groups. Occasionally, I like to give someone from this church a chance to preach and teach. We want to do that. The elders love it. When one of you rises up and says, I'd like to preach. Now, now that's not something we just give away to anyone. We want to see, obviously, a measure of maturity and development there. But boy, I tell you, if you are a competent and qualified teacher, we want to give you an opportunity to bless the body by teaching, by preaching. I think also of something outside the church, you know, If you have the gift of teaching, teach at home. Are you teaching at home? Are you having a study with your children? Are you having a Bible study with your wife or husband? You can teach at work. I know that Jack Culp regularly uh, starts Bible studies at traffic devices, and I know he's starting up another one now. That's a wonderful idea. Teach at work. Uh, I think also of, uh, of, of CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship. Do you, want to, do you have the gift of teaching? Guess what? You can teach every single week at CEF in a public school. Did you know that? Every single week you can go to a public school after school hours. You can teach the Bible there. Talk to Howard Taylor. You can go to Haiti with me and teach. You can go to Burma and Nagaland with Arch and teach. Arch... Do you need teachers? Absolutely. Do you have the gift of teaching? Don't let Arch find you. And also, I'll say this too. Those of you with the gift of teaching and maybe a gift for, or an ability to write, submit an article for, for publication. GES, one of our missionaries, the Grace Evangelical Society, they love to print articles from those who are competent teachers from the Bible. Um, I, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to write up a paper or an article on the things that you have learned. Do you have some ideas, teachers? It's time to implement those ideas. Secondly, the gift of evangelism. And again, not many of you have this gift, only 4%. So I really need to implore you who have this gift to really be ready to use it. And the first thing I want to say to those of you with the gift of evangelism is don't ever be shy about it. Be bold. You have in you an innate desire to speak about God, to speak about God's salvation in Christ. And I want you to be bold about it because we need you to remind us of what truly matters in life. We can get distracted and it is the evangelists who keep our priorities straight, who remind us of the beauty of the gospel. If you are an evangelist, I ask you to do this. Keep this church's focus on the gospel, on the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Whenever you see this church straying from the gospel, you need to talk to me and you need to talk to the elders. Don't ever let this church stray from the gospel. I remember speaking to one of our newcomers and he had said that, you know, one of the reasons why he's, that their family has stayed at Coast is because the first Sunday they were here, they heard the gospel preached. And I pray that it is preached every Sunday. That it is by faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved. And we need evangelists to hold us to that. I want you to be a hawk about the simplicity and the purity of the gospel. I want you to memorize ten new verses about salvation. Those of you with the gift of evangelism. Commit them to memory. Grow in your ability to explain the gospel. Can you teach as well? Teach a class on evangelism. We need that. We absolutely need that. Grab one of those living waters in the back, the Gospels of John. Keep it in your pocket. Keep it on, on you wherever you are. And pass those out. Pass out the words of life. Wherever you are. In restaurants. Wherever. Set a goal. Here's what you can do. Gift of evangelism. Set a goal that you will witness to 10 people this year, 20 people, 50 people this year. Set a goal for how many you will witness to this year. I would love to hold you to it. Or maybe someone else can. I've asked a year ago, and we're still asking today, we need an evangelism director at Coast. We need a volunteer evangelism director to work in cooperation with myself and the elders. Someone who has a passion for this. Will one of you rise up? That's what you can do if you have the gift of evangelism. What about the gift of pastor, shepherd? Again, you'll notice only uh, 2% up there with the gift of evangelism. Or, excuse me, pastor, shepherd. So not many of us have this gift. And uh, it, it is something that we really need you to rise up and use. The first thing I would say to those of you with the gift of pastor or shepherd is you don't have to be, number one, you don't have to be a, a male to have the gift of pastoring shepherding. You don't have to be a man. There are many women who have an innate ability and gifting by God to watch over the spiritual care of other women. And that would be the biblical way of doing it, um, according to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And so you don't have to be a man to have the gift of pastor shepherd. But number two, you also don't have to be up in this place. Far from it. Um, in fact, if you look at my spiritual gift list, Pastor Shepherd, it's number four for me. It's actually not one of my dominant gifts. Um, so I need more of you to rise up and to do it. And what it entails is being very intentional about ministering to the spiritual care of a group of people. I want you with the gift of Pastor Shepherd, I want you to pick a group, find a group. Maybe two, maybe three people, maybe more, but at least a couple whom you will commit to watch over spiritually. Find a group and meet with them regularly for prayer. Let them know outright, I want to care for you. I want to help mentor and shepherd and disciple you. Obviously, you know, you may think, well, that's a bit presumptuous. You know what? Not at all. If I had, first of all, you should probably focus on those who are younger than you. Okay. Obviously younger than you, and obviously those who are less mature in the faith than you. Um, however, for older men in this church with a gift of pastor shepherds, I would love for you to come up to me and to say, Neil, this year I'm going to commit to watching over your spiritual life. I would love that. 
I would crave that. And we should too. And so find a group and say, hey, can I minister to you spiritually this year? Can I be with you through thick and thin? Pray for them regularly. Ask them repeatedly how to pray. You can also uh, pick a staff member. Pick a pastor. Pick uh, Doug, Corey, Will, Monica, Marion. Pick a staff member. Jeannie, Colleen. Our staff members need encouragement. Our elders need that as well. When appropriate, when appropriate and in love, be sure to call out areas of weakness that you see in those people. Do so with great discretion and love, but, but, but do that. That's a part of that. You can also ask me, too, about uh, making uh, care calls to others in the church. We have kind of a care call ministry where many of our elders and staff, we, we call out and we minister to those in the church. We need more people to do that. And if you have the gift of pastor and shepherd, and if you are inclined to, to speaking on the phone or to meeting with people, that might be something that you can do and you can talk to me about that. That's for the gift of pastor, shepherd. What about the gift of leadership and administration? We have 9% here. And again, some people will break these up, but we, had, you know, we, we can go back and forth on it. Certainly, I see great nuance between the different kinds of leaders out there. There are some leaders who are more of the vision casters, and then there are some leaders who are more of the organizing uh, nature. And uh, certainly, we, we, we see both sides there. But for those of you with the gift of leadership or administration, what can you do? The first thing I'll say is this. If you are not leading or helping to organize a ministry, it is time to step up. I'm going to be very blunt about this. If you are a leader, if you are an organizer and you look around and you look at your service to the church for the work of the Lord and you say, I'm not leading anything. I'm not organizing anything. You need to remedy that. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. And so the first thing I will say to you is this. Find a ministry where you can bring in some fresh vision and organization. Find a ministry, an existing ministry in the church, where you can come in alongside whoever that leader is. And you know what? I was, I was looking, our ministry leaders, some of them don't have the gift of leadership. That's okay. In fact, I had one ministry leader remark to me, this person said, Neil, I'm a leader, but I'm a reluctant leader. I'm a reluctant leader. Why? I, this person didn't have the gift of leadership. And so God bless them for, for doing their best and they're doing a great job. God bless them, but guess what? That's not their natural inclination. That's not precisely how the Lord has gifted them. And so they're kind of a reluctant leader. Guess what? You with the gift of leadership or administration, you need to come alongside those people. And you need to bring them some fresh vision some fresh organization. And perhaps one day you need to help help them lead the ministry outright. Perhaps they'll pass it on to you one day because we need those with the gift of leadership overseeing our ministry efforts. We need uh, men's ministry leaders for sure. I've, I've been calling for that for a long time now. A men's ministry leader. Who will do it? Who will do it? We need a director of evangelism, as I said, with the gift of evangelism, perhaps, as well. Who will do it? Who will lead in that way? Rise up. Find an area where you can use your God-given gift of leadership and organization. What about the gift of service and helps? 13%. Many of you have the gift of service and helps. Uh, what can you do? Well, first of all, I just want to say we, we, we love you guys. Because you, with the gift of service and or helps... 
You are the backbone of a church. You make it run. You make it tick. And so thank you for doing what you do. And I know that oftentimes those with this gift can be um, very overlooked by a church or taken for granted by a church. I want you to know very clearly we do not take you for granted. We know you're working hard and we, we honor your service. But what can you do if you have the gift of service or helps? I'll give you a few ideas. Number one, uh, if you love children, you can help in the nursery. Uh, we are we're moving back uh, away from a, a total paid nursery. We're, we're kind of stepping back a little bit. We need more nursery workers. If you have the gift of helps, service, you have an inclination toward children, consider that as your ministry effort. You can help Marianne in the coasters ministry. She has a good team around her, but she could use some more who can help her in ministries to the seniors. Linda Redderson can use you on the fellowship team. The missions committee can use you in helping to organize the missions conference. You can speak with Dave Bacon about that. We can use you in holiday get holiday events, and many of you step up to serve the Thanksgiving feast, the Christmas bake off, those kinds of things. We need you to rise up. When we have a sign up sheet in the back, as we do often, maybe at least once a quarter, for for someone to help do something, you with the gift of service and helps, get in there, put your name down, sign up to set up, to tear down, to do whatever it takes. You'll be using. The gift that God has given you. And may I also add, in, on a missions level, what about Camp Allendale? Have you thought about going up to Idlewild for a day? It's a short drive. It's not too, too long. Going up there for the day and just saying, Robin, Karen, I am your servant for the day. What do you want me to do? I'm your servant. I will do whatever you need me to do up here. What a blessing that would be to them. What a blessing. Service and helps. Use that gift. How about the gift of knowledge? Now, the gift of knowledge, I'm, I'm going to go briefly over because we only have a few here. Very similar again to the gift of teaching. But I want to urge you with the gift of knowledge to share your insights about God's Word. When the Spirit gives you strong and compelling um, feelings about someone or something, you do need to speak about it, but speak about it with care. With care. Those with the gift of knowledge need not be presumptuous. They need to be careful about the knowledge that God has given to them. And they need to use that knowledge in a careful way. Um, at the same time, often those with this gift can have very strong feelings and a compelling uh, focus for where God wants to take the church, perhaps, or, or what is happening in the life of the body. When God teaches you something, that, uh, when God gives you these kinds of compelling feelings... You need to speak about it to the pastor, to the elders. Um, when God gives you, I, I've, had one, I've had one individual in this church who said, Neil, uh, this person I believe has the gift of knowledge. They said, Neil, there have been a couple times in the life of being here at this church where I've, I've, I've seen someone in the body and I've, the Lord has said, you need to talk to them about X, Y, or Z. Where, where God just, the Spirit of God just gave them an ability to know precisely what they needed to talk about with this, another individual. And my instructions to them were, you need to talk about it with them. But you need to do so with great care and with great discretion. And so if God ever gives you compelling uh, information um, that, that you feel strongly to speak to another about, do it. But do it prayerfully and carefully. 
And, uh, and if, that is, if it is well-received, praise God. If it is not well-received, then show discretion and care there. And, uh, and, and let there be, let there be a, a measure of, of unity and of love, even in the midst of maybe something that, that isn't received by the other. Of course, when God teaches you something brand new in Scripture, you need to tell others, those of you with the gift of knowledge. I've had a few instances, I don't believe I have the gift of knowledge, but I've had a few instances where I've been reading God's Word and something came out that was outside of my own ability to study it. Something just jumped off the pages and I could not believe what I had just learned. Friends, if you have the gift of knowledge and that's happening to you, you need to tell the church about those things. You need to come and tell me and we'll give you the opportunity to get bare testimony of what you are learning in the Word of God. What about the gift of giving? Those of you who are in the 7% range, the gift of giving, what can you do? Well, first of all, I want to say this. Those of you with the gift of giving, um, I want to remind you, don't ever neglect uh, your family at the expense of another. Um, it is the tendency, of those with the gift of giving, it can be the tendency to give so much of themselves that they can often neglect their spouse or children. And I want to warn you against that. That can cause bitterness in the life of a family. That can cause frustration in a marriage. And so make sure if you have the gift of giving that you are in, in step with your spouse, in step with your family. But beyond that, use that gift. Have that spirit of giving. Sacrifice more in 2011 that you might give more. Whether it's money, time, or resources, sacrifice more. Seek out families in need. And give them a gift or make them a meal. Um, particularly if you kind of have the gift of giving and discernment or giving and wisdom. Boy, look around. You know, on a Sunday, on an average Sunday, I get to see all of you. I'm looking at all your faces. On an average Sunday, I, I walk, I get back in the car and I drive down the hill and I start thinking uh, to myself, um, I start thinking about the two or three long faces I saw that day. Um, the people that I looked at and I could tell instinctively they had a bad week or you know, they, they've had a rough month or a rough year. And uh, I see it in your faces sometimes on a Sunday. It's hard, you know, it's hard to hide those things. Um, those of you with the gift of giving, you need to seek out those people and you need to come alongside them and just pick them up. Pick them up. If you get a sense that someone needs a, a, a pick-me-up, do it. Take them out to lunch. Bring them a meal. Be an encouragement to them. You with the gift of giving. What about the gift of exhortation? Those of you with this gift, 4% here at Coast Bible Church, you are those who are both encouraging but also bold. You're bold to speak the truth. And you're bold to, to share insights that you've learned from the Word of God with others and to come straight to the point of what God needs to say to the life of the body or to an individual. That's the gift of exhortation. Kind of cutting straight to the heart of the matter. Those of you with the gift of exhortation, I love your boldness. We need it. We need it. I need it. I love it when someone can speak boldly with me about something. Who, or, who they're confident about it. They think this is the direction that needs to go. I, I, lo I love to hear that in another individual, in another Christian. However, we all need to hear that with a measure of love. We all need to hear that 
with a measure of understanding. And so in your boldness, show humility. In your boldness, be meek. A little bit of a dichotomy there, of course, but it can be done. There can be a compelling word that you say to another person or, or group of people. A compelling uh, area where they need to improve and yet still do so with them knowing that you're on their side. You're on their team. You want them to improve. Those of you with the gift of exhortation, I have something practical for you to do. I want you to write letters of, of hope, of exhortation, of, ex, uh, uh, of edification to our missionaries. Do you have the gift of exhortation? I want you to write letters to our missionaries. You need to give them hope. And that's what your gift, uh, that's, what, that's your natural inclination and your gift. is to give other people hope and, and, and confidence about the future. Our missionaries need that. Those of, those of the, of, of many of our missionaries are on the field for years at a time. They feel very lonely. We need you to write to them, to speak to them. Those of you with the gift of exhortation. When you do need to correct another person, do so. But do so in love, in carefulness. Um, again, anything that you can do, those of you with gifts of exhortation, anything that you can do to build and instill hope in the life of the body, that's what we want you to be doing. Okay, a few more here. The gift of mercy. The gift of mercy, often uh, in cooperation with the gift of service at times. Again, we need you to just show your love and compassion for other people. Will you also consider making care calls to, the other, to others in this church, to new families, to existing families? I need those of you with a gift of mercy to get on the phone or to speak to people on a regular basis to be very intentional about ministering to them, just caring for them. And if you have an inclination to maybe be on the phone, we could use you. Gift of mercy, please, if you can cook, bring meals. Bring meals to people. What an encouragement it is. After a surgery, after a baby is born. What an encouragement. If you have the gift of mercy, I've got a great idea for you. We have a couple homebound. We have Lolita Dale. We have uh, Carl Olson, who, you know, Carl doesn't always, he doesn't always like the visitors. Um, but, but nevertheless, Lolita would love, love for you to come and to just be with her. And to spend an hour with her, having a cup of tea. Lolita is a home in San Juan Capistrano. Uh, on occasion, I get a chance to visit with her. I know Marianne does regularly. She's a wonderful woman. She'd love to have you. She'd, she would love to have you. And boy, she'd tell you stories about Coast Bible Church. Because she's been here for a long, long time. So those of you with the gift of mercy, again, reach out. Identify those who need that pick-me-up. And give it to them. Wisdom. Be available for advice. Be slow to speak and quick to listen, those of you with the gift of wisdom. I want to ask you this, too. Those of you with the gift of wisdom and discernment, be ready when called upon by myself or the elders. Be ready to come in and to bring your perspective and advice. In, in the course of this coming year, I want to be very intentional about putting you into strategic spots for ministry. And I was thinking a lot. I was having lunch with Scott this week. And we, uh, Scott has the gift of wisdom and discernment. I believe uh, that's some of my two gifts as well. And we were talking about, well, what does that look like practically? What does the gift of wisdom and discernment look like practically? And it's a difficult one to identify things to do with it. But the first is to be available. But number two is, I would like you to especially be ready and willing to um, 
when called upon by myself or the elders to share your perspective about something. We're going to be you know, making some new plans for the future, some new ministry endeavors. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk to the elders about them. And as I get ratification from the elders, I'm going to come to you with the gift of wisdom. I'm going to convene a group of those in the church with the gift of wisdom, both men and women. And I'm going to sit down with you with the gift of wisdom and maybe discernment. I'm going to also talk about these new ideas with you and ask you what you think about it. I want you to be ready and willing to go to those times together. Be ready and willing to give your perspective, your careful wisdom in how the church should be moving forward. So the gift of wisdom and discernment, these are the things that you can't readily find exactly how to practice them. But just be available. Be ready to use it. Of course, the gift of discernment, I want, you, I want to say this too about the gift of discernment. Guard the church from error. Be a hawk about error, particularly from the teaching of God's Word. Pay attention to your spirit-led instincts, you with the gift of discernment. You need to follow Matthew 18 to a T whenever you feel the need to confront someone. The gift of discernment is one who they, they look upon scenarios or situations or people and they instinct, almost instinctively know what is happening. And what needs to happen. But at the same time, we need to follow the biblical parameters for confronting someone in sin or for calling out someone who is wayward. And that's found in Matthew 18. So pay attention to that, you with that gift. Watch the people of coast carefully. Let no one fall through the cracks. Let no family fall through the cracks. Gift of discernment. Um, May I also suggest, uh, and, and uh, I've been talking about this on a very practical level, uh, with Lou lately, uh, Lou Gutierrez, who is uh, obviously, um, he has a security background. I've been talking to Lou about developing more of a security plan here at Coast for Sundays, for Wednesdays, just to be aware of what's happening on our campus. We need to be very mindful of what's happening and watch out for, you know, any uh, any strangers that might show up on, on, on our campus on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night. God forbid something ever happened, but guess what? It's you with the gift of discernment who's going to notice it. And I really mean that. You with the gift of discernment, you are the ones who maybe you need to join Lou as he develops kind of some security measures in place that we're going to put in place for Sunday mornings, for Wednesday nights. We're going to have one or two people on the grounds and their, their sole focus is to just be a watchful eye, a careful eye of what is happening on our church grounds to protect our children, to protect our families. Gift of discernment. And finally, the gift of faith. 16% of you with the gift of faith. I love you with the gift of faith. You give us hope. You, uh, you pray and things happen because you believe God for it. And I would ask, You with the gift of faith, here's my special charge to you. Rise up the prayer ministry of Coast Bible Church. That's what I need you to do. You are the prayers. You are the ones who ask God and you believe God for it. And so often it happens because you have a gift of faith. Would you help improve prayer at Coast Bible Church? Would you help uh, I've asked uh, Debbie Riley and, and Colleen Bacon and others to really rise up in the, the area of prayer ministry here at Coast. Would you join those two ladies and others, many others, who would like to strengthen prayer in the church? Would you also 
um, just just continue to instill in us words of hope and encouragement. Whenever we're getting discouraged about a tough economy or difficult areas of the church or whatnot, will you rise up in church business meetings, in Thanksgiving feasts? Whenever there's a time to speak to the congregation, would you rise up and remind the church that God is in control, that He has a plan for us, that we are moving forward with Him? Those of you with the gift of faith, we need to hear your confidence. And I need you to, 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 to exercise that confidence on a regular basis. So there we have it, friends. This, is, this has been very practical. We see what we have at Coast. You've written down some ideas and some options. Of course, the question remains. Will you look in the mirror the knowledge with the knowledge that you have? Will you look in the mirror and walk away and fail to exercise your gift? Or gifts? Or will you look upon this knowledge from the Word of God? Will you look upon these, these ideas for ministry? And there are many others. I've just given you a small portion of them. Will you look upon them and say, I will do that? Some of you have asked, uh, you've checked on your card, will someone contact me about how to use my gift? We've contacted about a third of you. Okay? If you haven't been contacted yet, you will be. I promise you that. It will be this week. We've contacted about a third of you and helped you along the road there. We're going to be contacting the rest of you who checked that box so that you can really identify where your, where your right fit is. But whatever gift you have, will you use it? This body needs you to use it. I ask you to do it. Let's close in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for a series on spiritual gifts. God, today we commit as a church to use the gift or gifts that you've given to us. I implore each one, Lord, and may your spirit compel us to use our gift. Because we know that each working part of the body needs to be working in harmony for the church to be flourishing to grow, to be strengthened, to be built up. I pray that not one of us would leave here today not having identified one or two things that we can do starting tomorrow that we will do for the life of this church, for the spread of Your kingdom. God, we ask that You would lead us as we figure out how You would like us to exercise our gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.